your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Mafia, what is up? I'm Mike Lindsley, your host. Thrilled to bring you on a weekly basis the Pandemonium Podcast here on the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you follow us on all the social channels, including Twitter, at BuiltInBuffalo underscore. We are growing every day, seven days a week, uh, Bills content, covering the draft, covering the upcoming training camp, covering the upcoming season, covering the schedule release, which is going to be out uh, here in due time as well. One thing already leaked, obviously, week two, the Bills will host the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, Monday Night Football. Um, so there's just so much going on. And right now, there is no bigger deal than the Buffalo Bills uh, in Western New York. I know that's usually the case, but man, has it been amplified. Uh, I was at the last Sabres game, and, you know, to see Kyrie Elam there with Josh Allen and everybody rooting on the Sabres and, uh, you know, spending time together. And you can just see the camaraderie. You can see these guys love each other. You can see they can't wait for the start of the season. Um, you know, I, it's just right now the Bills are so, so big. Um, I played golf with my cousin who's a season ticket holder and has been for about 23 years. And um, he said it's just wild. You know, when his his daughter plays uh, volleyball with uh, Ken Dorsey's daughter. And, um, you know, he was talking at, at, at length about that and uh, just how Dorsey's all pumped up for the season and, um, there's just so much going on in Bill's land, and we are thrilled to bring it to you here on the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Well, who better to talk to about this Buffalo Bills team in the draft than my good buddy, Scott Petoniak. He's been a Bills insider, TV contributor, columnist, author, historian for decades, and you can get him on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak, and make sure you visit your local bookstores and online where books are sold and you can read all of his Bills books as well. We'll plug those at the end. Scott, welcome. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me as always. All right, let's recap this draft for the Bills. Um, I thought Brandon Bean really did a great job again, and it starts with Kyrie Elam. I mean, here's a guy who they didn't want to go off the board. They trade up a couple of spots, give a fourth-round pick along with their 23rd in the first round. Didn't have to give up tons to just move up a little bit, get a guy they've really been on. Look, 6'2", 190, checks a bunch of boxes, right? I mean, he's long, he's physical, he can play zone and man, and you need that position. That was the the big box to check. How about Kyrie Elam, how he fits in? And he's already had some fun in Buffalo, and he was at that Sabres game, the last one. I, I was there, too, and uh, he was there in one of the suites with uh, you know Josh Allen and company. He seems to really be embracing Buffalo, and I think this is a really good fit for the Bills. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, you know, t- only time will tell. But um, one of my concerns going into this draft was, you know, there was an awful lot of talk about possibly taking a running back. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. Your biggest need, and really your only need on this football team, was you had to address the cornerback position. And I and I think in, in Kyrie Elam that they've really done that. Like you say, he's a big cornerback, really big. At 6'2", he's, he's got safety size really there in great length. Now, you know, there, there's always question marks. I mean, he was a guy who he did miss three games last year. Didn't have a great, great senior year necessarily had, you know, had, had some knee issues, but um, he seems to be over those and so forth. So uh, this fulfilled the pressing need on this football team. Now, Mike, I'm still a little concerned about the position, the cornerback position, because we still don't know about Trey white. Um, 
you know, we don't know. All indications are he's he's not going to be ready to go at the start of the season, and it just depends like where and when. So I could still see, um, you know, Brandon Bean maybe looking for some more help down the road here, maybe a veteran, you know, player or whatever looking at at that cornerback spot. But you know, if this, if this kid comes in and does a Trey White right off the bat. Um, this is going to be a, a heck of a get for the Bills. And, you know, I, I keep everything in perspective too, Mike, in that, let's face it, um, it's been one hell of an offseason for this football team. And so even before the draft, I mean, you, you come up with, with a Von Miller, right? I mean, so you get somebody like that in, in combo with the existing guys you have, the young guys, young pass rushers that you have, you've got to feel that they're going to be better. You know, that we, we, hopefully we can see the, the Ed Oliver type of improvement that you see in the second and third year with guys. So when you factor all that in, that takes pressure off the quarterback positions, right? It takes pressure off the secondary and coverage issues because you're going to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, so, um, you know, again, this is just a, I, I think it's just a continuation of what's been an excellent offseason. I think O.J. Howard picking him up, you know, tight end. I think I, I, I love this kid, you know, in college. And, yeah, you know, he has not lived up to the potential that you would have expected. But he still can. And in, particularly in this offense, it just gives Josh Allen and the, and the new offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, another toy to play with. Um, and then, you know, you also picked up a Pro Bowl guard in in, um, in, in Saffold, uh, Roger Saffold, and you re-signed Ryan Bates, who really solidified your offensive line last year. So, you know, throw Elam in there, and we can obviously talk about some of the other draft picks. And it's I think it's been a, a great offseason for this team. I think this football team is a lot better than the football team that, you know, ended the season with the, with the debacle of the 13 seconds. Okay, you mentioned, you know, don't take a running back. Don't t- They did take one, but again, taking one in the second round and how they got James Cook, much different than taking one, you know, in the first round. Here's a guy who is just a natural hands catcher, you know, out of the backfield. And, 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 and at Georgia, you know, we know that the Bulldogs' defense last year, one of the greatest – in, in college football history, got most of the accolades. This kid was dynamic on the other side of the ball, running it, catching it. They can use him in the screen game. He's kind of a game-breaker type of a deal. Um, you know, we heard a lot about uh, other running backs that maybe the Bills were looking at in the first round, but instead they get that type of running back. Um, you know, here, uh, Scott, in, in James Cook, uh, another good fit here, do you think? And and do you, uh, do you see maybe the end coming here for Zach Moss? Yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting you bring Moss up. Let, let's face it, Mike. Last year, this team, you know, they there were there were games they dressed three running backs, and we know Taiwan Jones is going to be one of those guys because he's such a an important you know player on special teams and stuff. So we know he's going to be in in the mix. And yeah, I, you know, we saw Singletary come up, come on, and so he's the you know he's the starter going in. But I think Cook could push him for certainly for playing time, and as you mentioned, he's a, a dynamic player, uh, a really good pass catcher. He's kind of I think you know he, he's fulfilling a little bit of what they were hoping to get with J.D. McKissick, and then that fell through, mm-hmm. you know, um, at the last minute and so forth. So I, um, you know, I, I again I'm glad it wasn't a first round pick. Um, I, I I'm glad they got him where they did. 
And yeah, I think, you know, Moss, it's going to be very interesting. That's going to be one of the, probably one of the training camp storylines to watch is to see, you know, how are they going to utilize these running backs and, you know, where is Moss done? And I think, you know, one of the other things I like about this move, this draft pick is that, you know, we, we know Singletary is soon going to be coming upon, you know, the end of that rookie contract, right? And we all, we know about the devaluation of running backs. You don't want to overpay for them and so forth. So if, you know, if Brandon Bean is, is looking for the now, this team wants to win the Super Bowl now, but if he wants to be good for a long period of time, he's got to play those games, right? Because pretty soon, you know, the, the big paycheck, uh, you know, for Josh Allen is com- coming up against the cap. You know, they've been pretty good, you know, pushing that, kicking that can down the road. But that will come, and that's going to impact a lot of the other roster moves you can make. So there's a nimbleness here in the thinking uh, uh, of now and the future, you know, by Brandon Bean, which is just another reason why I really like the guy. I mean, he is, you know, he's, he's, he's keeping an eye on both the present and the future, and I think you got to do that. You got to you got to play that kind of game. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a good pick um, where it occurred, um, and I'm going to be intrigued to see how how this all plays out. Because let's not forget, Singletary was good, you know, toward the end of the, of the season and stuff. Like he he finally was, you know, uh, paying the dividends that they were hoping for. So um, you know, it, it bears watching how, how they're going to utilize. Uh, these running backs. No, no doubt about that. Buffalo Bills uh, insider, author, uh, TV contributor for decades, Scott Petoniak, our guest uh, on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak, part of the Rochester Business Journal now, so make sure you uh, keep an eye out for his uh, for his columns. I kind of wanted to next just look into, you know, the, the pick in the third round and the pick in the seventh round. Both inside linebackers in Terrell Bernard out of Baylor and Clemson's Balen Specter. I don't know a ton about these guys. I mean, they play at Power 5 schools. They have the name brand behind them, etc. But what do you think, Scott, went into these picks for Brandon Bean? I combine them because they play the same position. Is this a case where, hey, depth piece, let's just see if they make the roster. Let's try to get lucky. Is it maybe a future, hey, we can move these guys into the middle if we don't want to pay Tremaine Edmonds if they do blossom? What, what do you think went into taking two ILBs here? Well, I, I think you've hit upon it. I think that Bean is looking at, like, you know, what do you do about Edmonds and the big payday that, you know, is looming there and the decision you're going to have to make. And and I also think, you know, like, you know, you're you're looking at Matt Milano, who's a guy who, you know, you know has had some injury um, issues. You're wondering about how much mileage is on the odometer. And so you've got to start grooming some guys. I mean, I think initially we're looking at these guys are uh, our depth picks right now. But I, I think, you know, they're looking ahead to the future, particularly with uh, Bernard from, from Baylor. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, could be that first linebacker coming in. And, you know, and, and he's, you know some, some of these linebackers are a little bit smaller, but this is kind of the trend that you're going to um, you know, in this modern day pass happy NFL where, you know, everybody's got five, you know, receivers on every play and, and you got to have cover guys, you know? So um, I think this is, uh, I think they kind of like that in, in Bernard and that, um, you know, viewing him as a kind of that hybrid in some, some respects, a hybrid safety linebacker, you know, uh, good cover guy has good cover skills. So, um, 
you know, I, I think they're definitely looking at what's going on here. I mean, you know, AJ Klein's gone, you know, they released him and stuff. And so now again, who is that, you know, who's that first linebacker coming off if, you know, to replace a Milano or an Edmonds, um, you know, and, or who's the third, if they, you know, if they're, if they're playing games and, and going to a four, three say, and they want, you know, three linebackers out there as opposed to, you know, having an extra defensive back or whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but again, I, I, I credit Dean in, in that he, he is, uh, he's always, you know, he's always got one eye on, on the now and one eye on the, on the near future and stuff. And, and, you know, and he's, again, he's got to play that salary cap game and, and know, you know, what he has to work with and, and that sort of thing. So, um, I guess I, I would, I would say that you know Bernard has a, a much better chance of making this team uh, right now, given you know where he was picked and uh, and given the future circumstances, like what decisions are they going to make um, regarding their veteran linebackers? Okay, here we get to the one that I think might be the best value pick and just a complete and utter steal. Maybe a second round talent, no more than third round talent, at least on paper. What he did at Boise State. This dude, the slot man and Khalil Shakir, Scott, this is, th- this pick here, I mean, I-, I just flat out think the Bills stole this guy, and, you know, he's going to come in, he's going to be a gadget guy, you know, they've got Crowder, they have McKenzie, Crowder's only on the one-year deal, he can come in and, and share the load uh, with those two, learn a little bit, and then maybe the year after, he could, hell, he could be the guy, for all we know. I think he could put up monster numbers, and we know how it goes in the NFL, a lot of what the success is, no matter if you're the quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, QB gets the most attention, but it's about the fit, where you are, the system, your coaches, you know, is there help around you, et cetera. There is no better place in the NFL for Khalil Shakir than Buffalo. Yeah. Um, let's face it. The pressure's not on, and they they don't have to force him in. They can use him in, in so many different situations. He's, he's a... You know, he's been described by a lot of people as a Swiss Army knife type receiver, and so, you know, you're you're set in all these other positions, and he could be the guy that, like, all right, we got to pay extra attention to all these other guys, Stephon Diggs and, and Gabe Davis, who you know really came on in, in the postseason, and 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 like you said, Crowder, um, and again, let's not let's not forget OJ Howard. I really think he's going to be a factor, and Dawson Knox is. You know, they've got so they've got so many options here. And so this gives, I think, you know, Ken Dorsey used the word toy. He's got another toy in his toy box here. And Josh Allen does as well. And they can utilize this. They can set him. They can put him in the backfield. You know, they can jet sweep him. They can they can put him at pretty much any of the wide receiver positions. So you can move him all around and kind of ease him into this. And and like you said, there's no pressure on this kid. You know, really, I mm-hmm. mean, um, you know, so, so I, I'm, you know what, Mike, I'm really looking forward to, and, and he kind of fits into this, is that I, I want to see what Ken Dorsey can do. Because I would, you know, I mean, you know, the, the it's going to be very interesting to see. He, I mean, here's a guy, he's got everything at his disposal, including arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, um, or, or maybe even the best all-around player in the NFL and Josh Allen. You know, now what are you going to do? You know, we're giving you the Maserati. Here are the keys. Do you know how to drive it? Um, and we think he does. And, and he's been in the system and he's got a relationship with Josh and so forth. But he's got a lot of things to play with here. 
and, and as I mentioned, that line is solid as well. Um, that line's been upgraded. Um, so it's all there. It's all laid out. Um, but we know strange things happen, as, as we saw last year. No doubt about it. How about the punt god? That's the nickname. Matt Ariza <laughs> from San Diego State says he doesn't like the name. Um, this guy just absolutely booms it. I mean, look, I, I would I would be lying to you if I told you that I'm glued to San Diego State football during the college football <laughs> season. But I did catch up on uh, you know a lot of the the the, the highlights and and watching him and reading about him and my goodness, this guy can just flat out kick it. But here's the thing: while he might unseat right uh, Matt Hawk and while he might be the starter in Buffalo, it's not just the punting right. His job is holding. Uh, for uh, Tyler Bass. And so, you know, I, I've read a bunch of articles on past kicker. You know, Brian Nor- Mormon used to be a really, really, really great punter, but he was also a fantastic holder. He talked at length about that, uh, you know, how, how big of a deal is, it, uh, is, is that. So uh, a two-parter here. One, uh, how much do you like this pick, the, the fact that the Bills, and maybe this is a steal too, how much do you like this pick? And then also how much of a concern is that holding job for Matariza? Um, I like the pick because, you know, they have the luxury of being able to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the beauty of, of how this team's been constructed now is that there weren't any enormous holes other than really cornerback. And so you can, you know, you, you can go ahead and, and, you know, and take a flyer on someone like this. Um, let's face it, like Hawk last year did not have a good year. You know, we talk about the holding. The Bills were also 25th in, in punting uh, you know, ratings and stuff. So uh, not that it was a, a huge factor given, you know, the explosiveness of this offense and so forth, but, but holding becomes a big issue. And, you know, they've had uh, the bills in their history and in recent history have had some issues with punters who are not good holders, um, you know, who don't, you know, can't stick around. I mean, you know, how many times in, 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 in these games do we see it come down to a field goal that you can't afford you know, to have that be an issue. And you've got a great kicker um, already in Bass and stuff. So um, you don't want to be screwing around with that. Um, I, I mean, the fact that you did draft a punter is an indication to me, if you were going to use one of your picks on a punter, then you seriously have issues with what's going on with your incumbent punter. So I think Hawk is going to really get pushed. I think I think he should be very concerned about his job. Um, and again, this is going to be another one of those things that we need to watch. Now, as you mentioned about Reza, he, I mean, he, he's got an enormous big-time leg. There's no question about it. But he's got some deficiencies on that end, too. Directional punting, which is such a crucial part of punting at this level. And his hang time's not good. He booms it. He, he gets it out there. You know, he hits it down the fairway, but he doesn't get any flight on it. And so he's got he's got some issues that he's going to need to work with. And we've seen this happen before with place kickers and with punters who were extraordinary in college or whatever. And then they, you know, they get the yips um, when they get up here. But as you said, the holding is going to be a huge, huge part of this. And uh, he's going to have to be able to, um, you know, to show that he can handle it. And that is a an essential part of his job as well. So, um, but this bears watching, this is going to be another storyline. This, and I think Hawk is, you know, Hawk has been put on notice. Like, uh, they, they spent a pick on a punter. Uh, you know, your job is not secure. 
Okay, two other guys to hit on here. Again, Scott Petoniak with his Buffalo Bills insider and columnist at Scott Petoniak on Twitter, Rochester Business Journal, and uh, tons of books on the Bills. So go grab those at your local bookstores and online where books are sold. Villanova cornerback Christian Benford in the sixth round. Uh, Luke Tenuta out of Virginia Tech, an offensive tackle. Do you have a thought or two on these guys? Just, I, I guess, maybe depth picks here, Scott? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, I think they both are long, long, long shots. Yeah, me too. Again, this is a very good football team. Uh, you know, their best bet is probably Mike. You're looking at practice squad guys here. Um, you know, there's always there's always that exception so and so forth that you found a, a diamond in the rough. But I, I really don't see them being a factor. As I said, I, I think the offensive line is pretty solid. Um, you know, again, if you're looking for maybe a little depth or whatever, you know, with, with Tanuda. Um, perhaps, and, you know, and, and, you know, Benford at cornerback, again, you have needs at cornerback. Um, if he, he, you know, he's going to have to set the world on fire right away, but he also could be a, a practice squad guy. Cause again, I still think that Bean is, is going to be on the lookout for some, you know, veteran retread, uh, cornerback out there, uh, to add to the mix of, of this team, because I'm, I'm still a little leery and concerned about Tredavious White. Um, and how quickly he's going to be back to being Tredavious White. Let's hope he is, you know, at some point back back to being the player he once was, and that you know this was not the type of injury that you know will, will not let him be that that player again. I, I don't have any indication that that's the case at all. But um, so I, yeah, these guys are just uh, to me they're you know they're camp fodder probably, and and their best bet probably is just you know hope you can make a, a practice squad. All right, I got to hit on two more things, um, and then I'll let you run, Scott. The Bills will be hosting a Monday night football game on week two this season. Obviously, a lot of the leaks you know, are starting to come out with the mm-hmm. schedule, uh, the full schedule, obviously, on Thursday uh, this week, and, and we'll probably get more as we go on before then even. But, um, you know, they'll blow it up. It'll be a huge event. But they're hosting the Tennessee Titans on Monday, September 19th at 7-15. It's, it's a part of a doubleheader the Vikings and Eagles play. In the other one, you know, the Bills owe the Titans a big time slap, don't they? I mean, my good, my good, they do. I mean, Tennessee's won the last two. Josh Allen slipped on the one yard line. That game arguably cost him home field. You could take Jags or Titans. I, I would say Tennessee because of the head to head. Although the Jacksonville loss was just brutal. Um, but, but here we go, right? I mean, when you're, when you're really good to great to elite in this league, you're playing primetime all the time. I don't love primetime games, I like them. Um, how about this matchup in week two? This is an early, hey, we're an early king of this league. You know, if we can pound the Titans yeah. in Monday Night Football, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, um, I, I'm not over, overwhelmed by Tennessee. I mean, I, I think, you know, the Bills, I think this is a very winnable game. And like you say, there's uh, there's certain payback there, um, you know, that they should have won last year's game and, and a little slippage there by, by Josh. But, um uh, it, it's going to be an interesting schedule. And I think that they're going to be, you know, the bills are hot and popular and they've, they've got a dy- you know, dynamic player that everybody wants to see in Josh Allen and that type of offense. It's great television. So I would not be surprised if, if they're going to have at least as many, if not more primetime games. Um, and they had last year, you know, and again, you know, you got your annual Kansas city bills game 
uh, coming up. So tell me the networks aren't clamoring, uh, you know, fighting one another to get that one. You've got the Super Bowl champs, defending Super Bowl champs, right? Um, you know, you know the Bills, Bills are playing. So um, th- there's a lot of really intriguing games. And, you know, I think the, I think the division could be a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, I, I, although I think there's still – you know, the Jets made some, some good picks and obviously Tyreek Hill going to uh, uh, the Dolphins. But the Bills have there's still such a gap between who the Bills have at quarterback and who everybody else in the division has. And and I still can't figure out, Mike, what what the heck the uh, you know Bill Belichick was doing. But he's the smartest guy in the room. So I guess he knows uh, in terms of his draft class or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's, um, it's going to be intriguing. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. Will the Bills be that first game, you know, the lid lifter or whatever? And, you know, they probably their market size will probably get held against them. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, I, I what a, what a, you know, Von Miller going back and playing that team and stuff, you know, and, and Josh Allen. Um, again, they're, they're ready for primetime players. The Bills are. They're exciting. They're good. And like you say, like I say, you may have the most dynamic player in football in, in Josh Allen. So um, get ready, get ready for a, uh, a lot of uh, late nights um, uh, watching this football team play in prime time. Yeah, there's no doubt. Before the last thing, I didn't have this on the list, but it just came down about 15 minutes ago. Uh, the Giants releasing cornerback James Bradbury. I I don't know. Maybe they gave up on him a little quickly here. I kind of like his. Uh, potential. Maybe the Bills go and sneak in and, and get him on, on the low end. Scott, that would be a nice piece. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's what I think the strategy is. You know, that's what I think Bean's strategy is. Like, okay, all right, we got these guys and stuff, and uh, you know, and, and you and you take a flyer on a on a cornerback late, um, the kid the kid from Villanova, Benford. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what they're going to try. They're going to try to do. They're going to they're going to add a couple of veterans. I think before camp, and they you know they said like, you know, he doesn't have his ninety man. Uh, roster set here yet for uh, St. John Fisher for when camp opens. So he's he's leaving some slots open there that I think, um, don't be surprised, there's going to be a couple more cornerbacks, uh, you know, added added to this roster. All right, final thing uh, for the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Uh, A lot of the the, the folks out there might be new to you, Scott. Um, uh, We've got so many people listening, and, and it's growing by the day. Uh, some of them might not know how many books you've written on the Bills. I mean, you you know, you're a best-selling author. You've covered this team for decades. I wanted to give you maybe a minute or two here in closing to just promote some of the books that you've written in the past for Bills fans to pick up. Yeah, I've uh, if they just go on my my Amazon page uh, and look for Scott Petoniak, P-I-T-O-N-I-A-K. I've written five books on the Bills, Mike, including you know going back to some trivia books that were a lot of fun, and then a, a Bills Vault book that has uh, replica artifacts uh, you know spread throughout the book and stuff that was done for the 50th anniversary of the uh, of the team and then I collaborated with Steve Tasker on a book that uh, um, really gets into you know the arc of his career and the rise of this team into a uh, you know from a laughing stock into the in, into a Super Bowl team and and, and then beyond and, you know so and I'm also working on one I can't talk about right now but I'm working on a book that uh, we'll probably be starting to publicize sometime um, hopefully you know uh, by the end of this season and so forth uh, uh, on, a, on a bills uh, bills related uh, book as well so but you can, if you go to Google or you know Amazon uh, you should be able to find some of those books some are not in print anymore but they're 
collector's items now on eBay and uh, Amazon or whatever, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, wild. Oh, well, look, it's been great to have you for sure. Um, again, Scott Petoniak, rbj.net for his work, uh, amazon.com, online where books are sold, local bookstores, if you can pick up some of those or go shop eBay and grab a lot of his uh, books on the bills from days gone by. Longtime TV contributor, columnist, uh, historian, and best-selling author at Scott Petoniak on Twitter. Scott, thanks, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Always a, always a lot of fun.